It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Upfront program for this Wednesday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard, and uh, I'm here uh, most of the time, and we um, explore different topics. Today, uh, we're going to explore uh, a topic that almost everybody is affected by. I say almost everybody. I think everybody is affected by uh, or takes advantage of or has contact with what we call the restaurant industry. And so uh, I thought I'd bring to our phones right now somebody who knows uh, a little bit about this topic. Not all of it, but he knows um, a few ins and outs of it. Dave LaHoussey, you there? Yes, I am, Roger. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, and nice to have you along with us. We're going to uh, cover a bunch of topics that I think uh, the general public is uh, is interested in. So, uh, if you've got a few minutes to spend with us, um, are you ready? I am ready, whenever you are. All right, I want to go to Help Wanted everywhere, whether it's the restaurant industry or whether it's your local hardware store. Um, help is needed and um, i don't know if you have the help wanted sign out uh, on your door or whether you uh, have it on facebook uh, um, you may have uh, all the help you want but the question is <laughs> with so many people who are still collecting um unemployment why why do we have a, a shortage of people i mean everybody's pretty much healthy why are we not uh being able to hire the people that we need, whether it's a truck driver or a restaurant worker. Why don't you talk about the restaurant business? That's a million-dollar question, Roger, because I it, I think it depends on the type of restaurant you are and the type of, um, I'd say, ownership you are. Um, and, and, some, and I'm going to try to generalize this as some of my friends in the business, and I know just about everybody in the state, um, some of them cut back on their hours pretty drastically during the pandemic, and it sent a lot of their employees out looking for work, who, the ones who still wanted to work. Then they reopened, or they reopened with reduced uh, hours, and then they had a problem trying to fill those hours. And even to this day, I see it, like, like I said, in a lot, a lot of my friends' restaurants. Um, in our case, we ramped it up. We, we did everything we could, and we still do it. And um, I tell John and Bobby and, and my son and my daughter at the restaurants where, um, you know, I, I didn't mind going with a heavy payroll these last three months, even though the weather, you know, you couldn't do outdoor dining on, uh, uh, well, at the lodge I couldn't because I don't have igloos, but at K's I could, but it's still not the same when it's really cold out. But I, I, rent, I went heavy with payroll, keeping everybody busy, keeping everybody working. Um, so for me personally, no, I, I'm not, I don't have a help wanted sign. Um, at the lodge, I could use some servers here and there, but overall, and, and, and some cooks here and there, but overall, we're, we're getting by. Where all these people went to work um, is beyond me. A lot of them just changed professions. I was just talking to John before I, stopped, before I talked to you at, at K's, and uh, he went to the Cisco thing uh, yesterday, and, and one of the chefs there is leaving uh, his job at Cisco to go to... Um, to work at a uh, an equipment company, so people are shifting around, and um, I don't know where it ends. But I mean, I hear it every day. Whether it's my my drivers that come in, my uh, purveyors that have problems, uh, whether it's just general maintenance type people that a lot of people just getting out of the business. And I I keep saying to myself, I become I'm becoming a dinosaur in the industry. Where I, what I mean by that is all my my plumbers and, and all my guys that I've depended on for all these years are now retiring. And the replacements for them are not easy to find. We've been lucky because we have some pretty good contacts, but hopefully it turns around where some of these people... I can't imagine people still sitting at home collecting. When they were getting that extra 600 yes, I can understand it. But now, like, especially service, I mean, service make a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of money. And usually it's a substitute for something else that they're doing, you know, whether they're going to a nursing school or, or 
or what have you, where they work two or three days a week, but they make good money those two or three days a week. And uh, sometimes those two or three days a week are more than they're going to make working full-time at some job. So, um, you know, and then even kitchen staff and, and, and stuff, I mean, my, my wages are up, are up considerably. Um, I'll be having a workman's comp uh, audit at the end of May, and uh, I dread it, to be honest with you, because my payroll is through the roof because I, I'm paying my staff way more than uh, what you hear out there as minimum wage goes or they want to go to 15 or, or whatever. Um, but so that that's going to be an interesting uh, thing going forward. But I don't. I really. I, I wish I could answer the question with a definite like this is the problem. But I. I don't know. I, it's just. It's. It's not. It's certainly like not lack of trying from everybody. But you know, just I. I personally just try to take. Um, we've hired a lot of younger um, kids. Uh, kind of like it's their first job. Take we take them under our wings. Uh, I tell the older staff, don't don't be picking on them. This is their first job. This is the most important job they're ever going to have. It teaches them communication. It teaches them, you know, they get they get them off, get them off their computer for a little while, um, and that's for me personally has worked out extremely well. And I try to recommend that to any business, especially restaurants. You know, get these fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, even if they work a day. You know, they, it's crazy when they stop. They work a day, and the next thing you know, they're working three or four days a week mm-hmm. um, and if, even if it's three or four hours a day it's better than nothing and, and, and they, they enjoy the money because they can't collect it Digging a little bit deeper into this topic before we leave it, uh, this is the unpleasant part of it. I was talking to somebody in the service industry within the last five days who was telling me that they've had people come in and uh, they want to get paid under the table because they're getting uh, all kinds of uh, benefits left over from COVID-19. Now, I know this is an unpleasant topic to talk about, fraud, but um, that's, um, that's what it is. Uh, but have, can you generally uh, speak to that topic? Yeah, I, I can say that it happens. I don't, I'm not seeing that as, as much um, personally, but I know another topic you're going to get into is going to... I'm gonna. We'll be able to talk a little bit more about it because, you know, the with because of credit cards and uh, cashless uh, and things like that. You know, the the less cash that's available out there is it, going to make it a lot less. Um, going to make it a lot tougher for people to be paying people under the table. Um, you know, it, years ago that was kind of like the norm in our business. Uh, that yeah, you would you basically you'd do whatever you could to help people, but. Now, it's, uh, cash has almost become um, extinct in a lot of restaurants where uh, some of my uh, friends out there, I, I know some that are almost 100% credit cards. Uh, so, you know, where are you going to get the cash to pay these people under the table? It's just like illegals. You know, people talk about illegals. Listen, I would hire, I would hire somebody from Ukraine in two seconds if, I, if somebody walked in that door. But they got to have some type of legal paperwork. Um, um, to, for me to do it, I, I, I can't take a risk being, you know, a, a pretty popular and, and being somebody who's been involved in the industry for a long time and in the hospitality association. I don't want to be that guy that, that gets nailed to doing something that is illegal either. So you got to be careful. Let's go to that cashless uh, thing. So uh, what brings this uh, into focus? Uh, two things uh, actually. The last time I was in an airport, I. I, uh, matter of fact, I couldn't even order my food from a menu. I had to have a phone to be able to order the food and pay for the food. Um, and um, and then the other thing is the Red Sox go uh, go cashless, and uh, this becomes a big news story. And I guess the, the question is, it's not a matter of if. Uh, when do you think we're going to be a cashless society? Are we, we headed uh, to that sooner than later? I definitely think sooner than later. And I can't really talk too much about the Red Sox, but Gillette Stadium also did it a few years ago. And uh, that one there, I'm at more than... I haven't been to a Red Sox game in a while. But, so this is not know, anything new then. No, this is... <laughs> if Gillette did oh, it, then no. uh, it's, it's been out no. there. So, so Roger, I used to say, you know, uh, when you go to a Patriots game, let's say there's 30,000 cars. Now, Bob Crafton... God bless him, and this is no, I'm not picking on him at all. I love the guy. but So he, he owns all his own parking, every, every parking spot he owns. 
And at the time, there were 30 or $40 a car to come in. And um, there were, for, for a long time, they would only take cash. And now you take that times 30 or 40,000, that's a lot of money. Now, who counts that cash up at the end of the day? Who tracks it? Who knows if somebody's taking some of that money and putting it in their pocket and letting somebody go in for, you know, not for free, but. So I look at that and say, sometimes it's nice to have cash, but on the other hand, it's more important to have control. Um, and so what did Gillette do? They, they did the same thing. And um, now, what, and actually, part of, I think was, it was a good idea is a certain section that you can buy a season pass. So all, you know, whatever. But they also, it was funny because I think they went from $30 a car to 40 uh, by letting you buy a season pass. So, <laughs> but it also covers, you know, the 3% or so that you're paying uh, Visa, MasterCard, and all these processing companies to do it. So there, it's a necessary evil. I just wish that we didn't have to pay those fees that go along with it, which, you know, I, I think I think most people understand it today. Because when you go to a gas station or you, you go to a lot of these places and you're paying with a credit card, you are paying more money by using that credit card. And in our industry, the trend is changing to, to that now. And as you know, I, I kind of moved a little bit north up into the Chapachet area, not full-time, but pretty much full-time. And, and it, in that whole area up there, most of the restaurants are adding, if you want to pay with a credit card, you're, you're gonna, they're going to charge you 35 to 3.75% more um, on your bill if you use a credit card. And I, it was interesting that one of the restaurants, they actually had an advertisement from, and on the bottom it was from Discover, Visa, MasterCard, and American Express promoting it. Um, and it, it may not sound like a lot of money, but if you take a million or $2 million in sales and times three point even 5%, at the end of the year, that's a lot of money. And what we're trying to do in the industry is, instead of raising our prices constantly because of, different increases in product it's an easy one to say all right if you if you want to pay with a credit card at least you can still do it and most people still do it and the restaurant doesn't bear that three three and a half percent uh you know and some people will say oh yeah the rate's only one point something but that's not really true because they add the tier one tier two if you're using a card with points it goes up even more so um you're gonna see it more and more and and even, you know, they've asked me, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I would rather see the industry uh, as a whole, or at least a, a bulk of it, move to that direction before I, I do it. Because at, at the large, I'm computerized. I could do that in two seconds. And K's, I'm not. But K's will go computerized soon. I've been working with a company, um, and I'm going to the food show at the end of the month in Chicago to kind of finalize it. Because what's happened is a lot of these companies are, are buying out. Um, the one I'm talking to has already bought Posi Touch out, and he said to me that out of a thousand units they sell, a thousand restaurants are now adding this device to it, where they're gonna you're gonna get charged if you use a credit card. So it's it's interesting how it's going. But and then I heard that if you go to I didn't see it, but if you go to Gillette and you don't have a credit card, you can put cash into a machine and out pops a card. So if you put twenty dollars in, a card comes out for twenty dollars, and you can or whatever you put in, and you can use that. So, but I think to, in, in these big in these big places, I mean, it's a it's a necessary evil to kind of go this way because you know who the heck wants to deal with all that cash? Uh, and, and you know, we used to say cash. Yeah, try to use it up today. Don't be. Um, um, Dave, are you in uh, moving uh, because uh, we just uh, kind of lost your your. Um your cell phone connection. You still there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, now it's nice and clean. Um, one more note on on the credit card. Uh, uh, letting the customer know that uh, we're going to uh, charge you three and a half or three point seven five percent to cover the credit card. It's not like that. Chapachet restaurant is trying to get you to use cash. They're just letting you know. Uh, that uh, they're doing that because um, I don't think it's an incentive to to use cash. I don't think anybody is incentivizing anybody to use cash anymore. Mm -hmm. Right, right, and, and 
like I said, a, a lot of a lot of these guys are friends, and, and they said to me, one guy said, he says, Dave, I've been doing it for three weeks, and he said, I've had two people complain, but they said they understand, and and they're not, it's not going to affect them coming in. Um, so just I'm just kind of saying this in, ahead of time. I think you're going to see it more quickly than, than I thought it was going to happen. But I, like I said, it, being part of an organization, I, I, I wish that we would, um, and I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about that too, hospitality, about, you know, maybe we should, um, as an industry, uh, come out with something that to say that this is what we recommend or don't recommend. But, you know, like I said, the cost of products of, t- of today, it's, you can't even keep track of, of, we have so many moving parts all the time. And I know what every businesses do, but it seems like, you know, I, in, in the last three years, I've had two of my bakeries go out of business. I used to do, use Dupras down the street, right? And, and they went out of business pre-COVID. And then this other company uh, about three weeks ago was shut down by the health department. Um, but I only uh, got it's, uh, a small amount of product from them. For, they had some a mold issue. So it's le- it leaves you scrambling. And I've had five increases in bed bread prices in the last two years. They tell me wheat wheat is going through the roof, and it's like that's just like one, that's just one item that you deal with, and and you know you try your best to, to put out a product that, that's obviously great and and reasonable, but it after a while it, it's it's tough. So we we try to go back to the drawing board almost every week and say, all right, what can we do this week that we can put out like like this week we're going to be doing salmon because we can get it at a reasonable price. But certain items, you, you just got to stay away from them. Alaskan king crab, I, I've been wanting to do that for quite two or three years. You can't even touch that with a 10-foot pole. And that um, brings us to high prices of food. So the average person who goes to the supermarket, they're seeing high prices of food. So therefore, you and your industry, you just mentioned the bread. You mentioned the Alaskan king crab. So you you have to be paying more for everything uh, at K's and at the Lodge uh, uh, Pub and Eatery. Uh, so, how do you reflect that in your um, in your uh, menu prices? Where do you ab- absorb that? Or are you just working with a smaller profit margin? I don't know how you do it. Uh, how do you do it? Is it a secret? Trade secret? No, it's not really a trade secret. I think it, it, it depends on what area of the segment are you in? Are you in a high-end segment? Are you in a low-end? Are you in the middle area where your prices are? I try to find myself kind of in the middle. And, like, I know, like, people, you know, we, we ran Prime Rib last week, and we're going to run it again this week because I can get it at a decent price, but I don't want to sell it for more than, like, $24. Um, even that seems high, but other places are getting $48 for it and, and so on. So, so I, I just try every week to find find products that I can sell on special that will take somebody from a certain item maybe over to a different item to, you know, not so much make money, make more money, but just kind of shift my cost a little because I don't want to raise my price every week. Or, you know, a few weeks ago, I almost had a heart attack. I had uh, a case of limes come in, 200-count limes. It was $129. And I almost, I was like, they're limes. But, you know, if you go to the supermarket and it's paying over a dollar for a lime, yeah. I go, well, I guess there's a reason. But, you know, in, in limes, you know, you don't, you, you don't use a lot of them. Uh, well, you, use, it, you don't get a lot of uh, lime wedges out of a lime when you're making drinks. and Or if you're making fresh lime juice like we do. So some of these things, like, they pop up on you, like, out of nowhere. Or, like, you know, onions, uh, things, like, that you use a lot of. Sometimes, you know, we we had we had some weeks with Cisco. I couldn't even get onions, but I was able to locally get them from a local guy, and the price was over fifty dollars a bag. Normally, it used to be fifteen, eighteen dollars, twenty dollars. So you just got to keep your eyes open and and really pay attention. And it's funny because some some products, even my meat guys with Bonolo and Cisco and stuff, they we find that some of the some of the meats, uh, the middle of the, like corned beef and pastrami are through the roof. Uh, almost $8, actually a little over $8 a pound on one of them. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm paying $8 a pound for corned beef and pastrami where 
the ribeyes actually they're high, but they haven't fluctuated too much over the last six months. Uh, and obviously, I use a lot of ribeyes to steak sandwiches. Um, but you just gotta you gotta watch every little thing, and you know, then switch over to oil for a minute. You know, you know, I, I don't. I told my wife, I said, don't even tell me what, I'm, what the uh, oil bills look like because <laughs> I'm depressed enough. I don't need to, to see it. There's nothing I can do. We need heat in the buildings and uh, and propane and gas, uh, and we're just gonna we gotta live with it. But you know, those you know, thankfully the weather's changing enough now that you know you're not using a ton of it. But these things they they add up. Uh, surcharges on uh, deliveries are uh, becoming to, to pop up. Uh, what do you mean a surcharge on delivery? delivery? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? A surcharge on delivery? Every every delivery I get from Cisco, and I get say eight a week between the two restaurants, is an eight dollar and fifty cent surcharge uh, because of fuel. Um, so huh. I almost forgot. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, I think. I think the strong in our industry will survive. Um, I think it's just you gotta you gotta do things differently. My friend Sal, the old canteen, he he was always closed on Tuesdays, and he's closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, now because of it was because of staffing. But and he said, you know what, Dave? He goes, I may never go back the other way. I'm, I kind of like it this way. Uh, and I got an, another friend of mine who uh, his wife was joking to me a few weeks ago, and she said. Do you have a lot of reservations for Easter? I said, no, I don't have any. She goes, you know? I said, no, I'm not open on Easter. She goes, really? I, I said, and I'm not open on Mother's Day anymore either. She goes, I said, As a matter of fact, I'm not open on any major holiday. And she was like looking puzzled. And I said, I said last year at, at the lodge, I said to my girls, I said, enjoy tomorrow because it's the last Mother's Day you're ever going to have to work. And she said, why would you do that? I said, because I said, you're going to remember one thing. I said, I'm open seven days a week. And I said, you're, you're closed. You close at su- Sunday nights at 7 o'clock. You close Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. So I said, you're only open Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday for like eight hours. So I said, don't compare yourself to me. But I said, I want my employees to, after COVID, I want, to enjoy, I want them to enjoy their family life. Uh, if, they're, if they're moms, obviously, I want them not to work. If, if, they, if their moms are still alive, I want them to spend it with their moms. But I said, I, 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 you just gotta. I think you you have to find different ways to run your restaurants today to satisfy everybody, and it's not all about money. That's for sure. Dave, uh, I, and we all know that changed a lot. I have a few more questions. Do you have enough time uh, to answer them? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, this is uh, one that just came to me a few minutes ago. But because you have two two operations, the lodge, eatery, and pub, and um, and K's, do any of the the vendors like Manolo or uh, or uh, Cisco, and I, I think that people see the Cisco trucks, they don't realize what a big operation they are. But anyway, do they ever call you and say, Dave, um, we've got a deal on so-and-so, um, uh, so buy it uh, so that uh, you can reflect it in your lower prices. Do they ever initiate the call, or do you have to go looking for this all the time? Um, I'll, I'll use those two as an, as an example. Um, Bonolo pretty much never, um, and it's not because they're not uh, great. It's just they're so damn busy that they don't even, uh, they, they, bought, they bought their, Bonolo bought that, that building, the old Norton Meatpacking, uh, the same time that I bought K's, and we joke about it. It was actually for the same price. And uh, so these guys, they're, they're working their tails off uh, just to, Put out what they what they have. Cisco definitely has um, better resources, and now that things are getting a little bit better delivery wise and stuff, they're getting back into it. Uh, but we also have a, a, a company called Raw that we use seafood from, um, and they and, and there's a few others that yes, they do. They'll give us a they'll give us a cut sheet over the weekend. Say hey, we got this or we got that, or uh, especially more on the seafood and. Uh, you know these oysters that are coming out. Uh, uh, this, this some products, Roger. I never even heard of in my life uh, on on the fish end. But <clears throat> I'll say it's a white fish. Tastes a lot like lobster. Um, it has a texture of cod and things like that. And, and you can get it at uh, 
X amount of dollars so you can, you know, you, you can make money. Like we were running, I mean, I love tuna. And uh, we were running tuna steaks, and we still do. Um, just basic, it's an 8-ounce Cajun, 8-ounce uh, 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 tuna that we just put Cajun on and grill it. And we serve it with uh, jasmine rice and, and a veg. And I can make money on that because it's $9 and change a pound. <clears throat> so sometimes they help us, guide us that way uh, because of the product. But uh, like I said, Panolo doesn't, but the Cisco's of the world do. And like I said, John was up at Cisco yesterday, and they were uh, with uh, one of my other guys, Orlando, and they were showing them all these different uh, dishes that trends, I should say, that they can make money on. And we're going to... Uh, we're going to push more towards some Greek uh, salad-type dishes, uh, some more salmon, some more tuna, uh, hey, some just unique. Dave, has the seafood market uh, been been better? Uh, because, uh, you know, for for beef, you've got uh, you got to feed them and so forth. Here, uh, here you, you dish the uh, the product out of uh, out of the ocean. Are there better values? Uh, has the seafood market actually uh, decreased a little bit so that you can offer more seafood? I, I think certain, I mean, your, your sea scallops are, through, are still very, very high. Uh, I, use, I use only haddock. Uh, haddock is very high. It was funny because my, my seafood guy said to me the other day about pollock. And I said, pollock? Man, I haven't heard that in 100 years. I used, to, I used to buy that for like 88 cents a pound. Now I'm dazed myself back <laughs> in the pub dentist days. Uh, we, that's where we used to use fish chips. And, uh, and it was like eight and change a pound. I'm like, Eat and change for pollock. I said, "What the heck would you use pollock when you can use uh, haddock or cod?" Uh, but it so yeah, they there are there are items that you can get that are reasonable. But like I said, some of these newer things that it, and they listen, the, the industry finds a way to blame everything. So that if if they're going to blame uh, feed, they're going to blame all these different things on cattle, and then they're going to blame. Uh, you know, trucking across the country. In the seafood world, they're going to blame it on the seas are too rough, regulations have, have, gotten, have gotten tougher, uh, and things. But it, it does, I will say, it does come down to workers, too. And, and I know that they've been having a lot of issues with workers. But I think in the seafood, there's so many different things. If we can just train our, our consumers that a certain fish is, is just as good as something else, because, listen, I'm... I'm not a, a big, big seafood guy, but if it's white and flaky and doesn't taste like strong, odored fish, then I, I'll like it and I'll try it. I think you did that um, pretty much with uh, mahi uh, when you, uh, I mean, when you introduced yeah. uh, that uh, into the marketplace, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, was that familiar with it. They didn't even know how to pronounce it. I didn't know how to pronounce it. And uh, it's really uh, quite an acceptable uh, product these days, no doubt about it. Right. Uh, I'll say one thing. I'll bet you I go through more mahi mahi. At least I, I would say I go through as as much or more than anybody in the state of Rhode Island with mahi between between the sandwich, between the, the dinner, and between the tacos. And you're right, nobody even. And I I got I got that from uh, Lauderdale by the Sea in Florida. <laughs> just like the just like the tuna mm-hmm. uh, that I use for for my my appetizer. I mean, you can't find that really anywhere, but it's so simple to do, and it goes over. It, we, we go through a ton of that, and who would have thought at K's I would be selling ahi tuna or mahi-mahi and, uh, and things like that. I, I shake my head sometimes and say it's amazing. Well, what's amazing is the final question I'm going to ask you about. Every... Um Every Friday, I go to Facebook uh, and look at your uh, your website for your weekend specials, and then I I copy it and send it to Mr. Poitras so that when he does your Friday afternoon and Saturday morning advertisements, he has the latest. And I look at that menu, and I say um, on the weekends, and then during the week, here is a restaurant that has been reinvented because of COVID. <laughs> In my opinion, re remanufactured, re uh, reharnessed, and so forth. Talk a little bit about the remaking of K's by, I guess, um, things that happened outside of uh, K's, right? Yeah. Um, this is this could be. A, I'll, I'll try to be as brief as I can. Okay. Um, when COVID hit, when COVID hit, uh, 
you know, you know what we serve, basically the sandwiches and stuff. And uh, one day my granddaughter said to me, Pepe, can you make me some uh, chicken noodle soup? So I said, yeah. So I made a pot and ended up having like 11 quarts left over. And I started selling them at the bar. And then customers would come in and say, hey, can we get American Chop Suey? Can we get this? Can we get that? And that's what kind of started it. And then the staff um, at the restaurant were really, really excited because they felt like, you know, Cage was a great place to work, but it's boring. You know, you're doing sandwiches all day long. And then they really didn't know that I really know how to cook because I hadn't done it in, in many years. But I, my passion, obviously, is cooking. And and I, I would say that I'm pretty good at it. And especially, you know, my eye or what I think could go in a certain area. So that's when we just started putting our heads together and saying, I want to do things at Cage that nobody else in the area does. And it's not a knock on anybody else, but, you know, everybody has family-style chicken. People say to me, why don't you put family-style chicken on this? Hey, that's the last thing that's going to go in there. I want to just be different than everybody else, whether it's the oysters, oysters on the, with the oyster-infused vodka and the oyster on the top. I just want to be different so people say, wow. And, and we do change it up a lot. Um, every one of those pictures, um, as you know or my staff will tell you, that... Every single one of those pictures I take myself. Um, I'm very, um, very particular on, on those pictures. I take them inside, outside, uh, just to keep it fresh so people see things that are, uh, uh, you know, eye-appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really changed the restaurant to... <clears throat> I used to tell people that I, I knew eight out of every ten persons that walked through that door I would know. Now, I'm lucky if I know one out of every ten. It brought, it's brought in such a wide variety of people from all over the state of Rhode Island. I'm, I'm talking westerly, uh, Newport, uh, up in, in the Mass area, and, and the outdoor dining helped too because I guess, you know, you, t- you took it for granted because Cage has always been there. But, you know, you drive, you're at the light, you look over, you see uh, my parking lot, CVS's parking lot, you see a building that says Cage. Really doesn't, it doesn't really know, you really don't know it's a restaurant. But then they spend, this is what my, the customers say to me, that when I'm out there doing the flowers and they, we have conversations, and they said, you know, they look over and they saw the igloos. And said, oh, what's going on over there? So that little thing was just an advertising type. Not, I, I didn't expect it that way. But that really stopped people with the light and said, hey, let's take a, let's take a ride over there and, and see what it, it's all about. And, and I'm still going to change the, 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 the uh, our website. Uh, you know, and I push everybody. And, you know, the joke was always, when I'm out, they say, well, what type of restaurants do you own? And I would say, well, the lodges, like Adirondack, we serve. And then I'd say, Kay's, and, and they say, what do you serve? It's the sandwiches. And they, they would think I'm a D'Angelo's. <laughs> and then I would say, no, knock on D'Angelo's. But then I would say, well, no. I said, you got to look at the restaurant. And so I, I think I was, I was missing the boat for many years, now that I think of it. Um, that people really didn't understand case, uh, especially, you know, they come in and they look and say, oh my God, this place is beautiful. And they, where's the menu? It's on a napkin. Well, well, can I get a burger? No, we don't have that. Can I get fries? We don't have that, uh, which we still don't do. And I really, you'll never see that there, but all the new items that we've done, we've really changed the kitchen downstairs. It's all electric. It's all electric. And, uh, now we got it almost perfected, uh, that we can do just about anything we, we can possibly do, even steaks if we want to. As John was talking to me earlier, with uh, these induction heating pans, uh, so I don't have to worry about flames and, and uh, Ensel systems and, and all that other stuff. So my insurance company's happy. But <laughs> it, it, it changed. It, it really changed for the better. I mean, I I can't to to, to see how K's changed. I, I I shake my head a lot, but it, but it took a lot of work, um, and I'm I'm not going to lie. It, it took a lot of energy and work from me, but it also took a lot of work and energy. From the staff, I mean, I'll put my staff up against anybody. They're they're really hardworking. They they're dedicated. They love coming in. They they joke around. Uh, um, they they'll send me like because right now I'm not there. They'll send me pictures to you know make me laugh or to, so it's and it's been a good thing. But and but I I treat I've I've always tried to treat them like family and part of the place. Not not just I, I try not be, to be just an owner. Um, I, I just try to be a, a good a, a good guy who happens to own the restaurant, and and you work hard, and you, you'll be really rewarded. But 
uh, it's been interesting. Thanks a lot. Uh, my wife wants to know, are the flowers ready yet? You know the flowers I'm talking about, right? Uh, <laughs> those long-lasting flowers? Yes. Uh, so, as of when I... I'm, I'm, I'm going to be going for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm praying that the weather... Well, I'm, I'm praying that they don't have them out too soon. I don't want to miss the boat on them, but I don't think I will. Um, so when I get back, i got a little window of time to uh, to get over there and to, to get them. Uh, but it was funny. Where I'm at right now, they have those plants uh, all by the pool. And Donna said to me, she goes, hey, look it. I said, yeah. I said, the same, same ones that we use. So I think it's going to be late because, like I said, I was up okay. around the areas the other day, and there was nobody that really had them. But um, and then the wagons that I have at the restaurants this year, those are going to be all for for her herbs um, instead of flowers. And I think some, I think I'm going to be putting some of those cheetah, cherry, tomato plants on them also because last year I had a lot of fun with those things. Um, just trying to keep up with them. There were so many coming out. Well, you give me a call when those flowers are in, all right? <laughs> I will definitely give you a call. Dave, thank you for uh, sharing uh, some of the uh, inside uh, inside stuff about the industry. I think that people are, uh, are interested. How do restaurants or hardware stores or that survive uh, during this time? And, um, and the pandemic uh, caused problems, but it also uh, opened up opportunities. And I think uh, you've explained that well to us. Thanks for uh, chatting with us. Yeah, well, it- and, and Roger, seriously, thank you to you and WNRI and uh, Larry, who always does nice commercials uh, through this whole thing, too. Because, you know, it's like, it, it, it may be, I'm not even sure how long it's been on, let's say a, a half hour of, of the time. But, like, and even, like, Channel 10 and 12 and, and that, when they've been really, really good to the industry, by bringing us on to talk about this, it does help a, a lot of people. And it does answer a lot of their questions and and, and, and but people come in, you know, and, and that's the key to it. Obviously, it's it's like, it, yes, it's, it's free advertising, but I, I think people do understand that it's it, it has not been easy. Um, other places, you know, you can't go to a supermarket and go to the, the manager and say, I'm not paying X amount of dollars for lines because you're ripping us off. Or you, you just go and you buy the lines. You know, in our business, we deal with the we're direct end. We, we deal with the customer. Um, so and we have to be passionate and, and understand where they're coming from because we're the, we're the, we're the last person that they see. But it's been a, it's, you guys beyond have been help, helping our industry. And I know you do a lot of restaurant ads uh, at your station. I love and, to uh, eat. And it, <laughs> yeah, no, but it, listen, thank God we have, thank God we have you guys uh, in, in the area. You know where? You know, we have two radio stations. We have two newspapers. We have, you know, and, and, and Facebook and things like that that really have been, mm-hmm. um, thank God they're around. Like, if you, we were in an area that didn't have a, a lot of this, I, I don't I don't know how they survived. Like I said, I some people were, even friends I had that part of the Newport Restaurant Group, huge restaurant group. I mean, it's, it's not all rosy for, for them either. You know, they've had some tough times. Yes, yeah, so marketing there, is tough in Newport. Yep. Thanks a no, lot. You can't get staff. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll do another uh, another interview because I still had questions left over, but I have uh, St. Anne's Austin Cultural Center has their big breakfast uh, this uh, this weekend. We're going to plug that. But I wanted to ask you about the kiosks, and I wanted to ask you about a whole bunch of other things. So uh, there'll be another time if you've got some time. Okay, Dave? Okay, buddy. Have yeah, a good day. Anytime. All right. Dave LaHousse on our live line talking about the restaurant industry. We'll be talking about eating again when we return from our break with Dominic Toro from the St. Anne's Austin Cultural Center. Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street Woonsocket still featuring Flip Flop Wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10 mix and match. And our newest 
This wine edition comes from Italy. Check out the Stella Rosa collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes, including peach, blackberry, blueberry, watermelon, and green apple to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light for open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. It's uh, springtime and Bilu Flowers at 665 Diamond Hill Road. And we're ready. We're open right now. We have over uh, 60 varieties of cold crops that can be planted right now. What's a cold crop? That's like cabbage and uh, beets and lettuce. They're, uh, they're hoty and they can go in the ground now. Now, if you have an enclosed area, <clears throat> you can get our tomato plants and start growing them, uh, you know, in your enclosed area. We've got 20 different varieties for your sun porch or any area that's away from uh, the, shall we say, colder temperatures. And we have lots of flowers, pansies, violas, dusty millers, snapdragons, just to mention a few new arrivals daily. And the uh, indoor dish gardens, good selection too. Spring is in full bloom at Bilou Flowers in Woonsocket. You doing all right over there? Yeah, so far so good. So far so good. Who is the who, pretty well yourself? Who is the mystery man? One more ad here. Um, let's see. What should I do? Should I do the Under the Willow Bakery in Cumberland or the Honey Shop? Well, you want to flip the coin on it? Yeah, let's do the Honey Shop. Huh? Honey, Honey Shop. All right, that's easy. <laughs> honey Shop, open uh, on Park Avenue, um, and. They're a business, you know, pretty much like K's, you know, as Dave LaHousse was explaining, there was only sandwiches on the menu, um, you know, uh, roast beef and steak and so forth. And now they're like, if you look at the K's menu, it's like all over the place. Honey Shop, pretty much the same thing. When I first started advertising them, uh, we'd talk about honey (laughs) and breathe, which is one of their uh, signature products and so forth. But now... Another thing is workshops, and I'm just going to give you the names of the workshops, and then you can call and and sign up for them if you want. Friday, April 27th, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m., Mushroom Identification Workshop. Saturday, April 30th, 11 to 1, Sour Dough Bread. Make it, taste it, and take it. April 30th. Um... Beer making class, two pots, June 5th, June 12th. One day is uh, making it. The next uh, Sunday after that is bottling it. They're going to make, uh, they're going to have uh, 10 gallons, of, uh, no, five gallons of beer, 10 people in the, um, in the class. Complimentary beer tasting included. Another one, foraging expedition or excursion uh, to, uh, Explore the wild world of edible plants out there. And then another class coming up in June. As a matter of fact, they're going to have them June, July, August. The winemaking classes. First class will be strawberry as strawberries come into season. Then it'll be blueberry winemaking as the blueberries come in. Blackberry as the blackberries come in. Concord grapes as they come in to bloom. Winemaking at the honey shop. Are you interested in any of these? Here's the number. 766-1488. Honey shop. Did I do a good job? You did a great job. Thank you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. The panel is Roger and uh, Dominic. Uh, Dominic Doro. Close enough? You, you, you do very well with that, uh, Roger. Very, okay. Very well. the, the big show, the big show, uh, big attraction for me for the, uh, for the breakfast this Sunday is the return of the guy at the piano. Well, I have a picture I took of him um, when you had the last breakfast before <laughs> COVID. For some, that, that, to me, that was a nice touch to the breakfast. I know that's not the highlight or the focus of the breakfast, but it is a nice touch. So here's Dominic to um, give you the details. You've heard a 30-second version of it, uh, but there's a lot more to it. Big breakfast. You're on. Oh, thank you, Mr. Bouchard. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm, uh, as a reminder, I'm Dominic from the St. Anne Arts and Cultural Center. Uh, 
the we have the largest collection of fresco artwork in North America, and we are bringing back after uh, oh almost two and a half years, uh, breakfast with the saints. Uh, one of our our most popular uh, functions that we have at the center. And so that's going to be Sunday, May 1st from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Uh, tickets are $20 in advance, uh, $25 at the door. We're trying to encourage people to purchase their tickets ahead of time so we can better plan. Uh, you can get your tickets at a Cut Above Hair Salon, Beelos Flowers, The Honey Shop, Timeless Antiques, or Vos True Value Hardware. You can also purchase them online through our website. And, of course, uh, if you've never been, it's a big breakfast buffet. And what's great about the event is it uh, not only are you having breakfast, you're having breakfast under the, the magnificent fresco artwork. Uh, it also gives you an, a, a great opportunity to further explore the building. Oftentimes we'll go in there for concerts or other events. You take a quick look around but never really uh, take the time to explore and really take a close look at some of the artwork and this gives you that that great opportunity uh in the morning we'll also throughout the morning there'll also be some tours and as mr bouchard just referred to um there's a, a gentleman his name's uh, reverend ernest batten uh who's 85 years old and uh legally blind uh he is a, a minister he's also an organist and a pianist who has played all up and down the east coast and um uh, he came to us at that last breakfast um he hadn't played in a while and he wanted to you know stretch his fingers out and he did and he really enjoyed it and um this year we weren't going to do uh live music just because we're trying to get this this event back up and running and uh his daughter reached out to us um and said yeah dad wants to uh dad wants to play we said all right, bring him in. We'll 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 have him, and so <clears throat> he'll be playing some sets throughout the morning during the three hours, um, on the beautiful piano that we have. So uh, it really makes for a great morning. This event used to be uh, in September, late September. Uh, this year we decided to move it up to the spring, and so uh, what's great about that is that. Um, some of the windows, especially this time of the year being spring, uh, things like the, the large resurrection window, the, the 500 square foot window, is at its most brilliant. Um, hopefully it's a sunny morning and because um, the sun is at a different angle this time of the year and hits that window so much more directly. So it makes it uh, even more brilliant. And some people have been asking, what's on the menu? That's the question of the day. It's still a question for us, actually, because we're still shopping. We, we started to buy some things for the for the uh, buffet, uh, but with prices being as they are, we're trying to make it as cost-effective as possible. So uh, some things are tentative, some things are definite. Uh, so we'll have scrambled eggs, of course, but uh, Wally likes to make a, a loaded scrambled egg, and we're still trying to figure out what's going to go into that. Normally, he's got bacon, Italian sausage, onions, and peppers in it. Eh, not too sure right now, to be honest. Uh, possible breakfast pasta, definitely baked beans. Uh, he's gearing up his apple maple French toast, um, which uh, when he makes that, we don't even put uh, syrup bottles on the table because there's enough syrup in it already that you don't need to need to re-syrup it again. Um, there'll be some sort of hash brown, uh, possibly corned beef hash, uh, sausage, ham. Uh, the hams have definitely been rolling in, finally. Uh, and and some, some people may not uh, want some of that, so we also have cold cereal and oatmeal. There's also tickets for kids. Uh, if you have kids ages 6 to 12, it's $10 or 5 and under are free. And for those uh, youngsters, you can just get those tickets at the door. So um, in the past, we've had between four and 500 people, not four people and 500, 400 and 500 people uh, come to the event. So we hope uh, we hope to have that nice turnout again uh, this year because, again, it's one of our important, more important fundraisers. Did you pay your oil bill yet? <laughs> or, yeah, that's just going to pay it off. <laughs> that's going to finish paying off. <laughs> I uh, I just got a call from the oil company. No, I'm only kidding. All right, so it's this Sunday, and uh, uh, I don't know uh, what else to uh, tell you about it except you've told everything everything there is about it, right? Yeah. Did we um, forget anything? I don't think so. All right. Uh, the the most important fact is just the focus on the uh, the artwork, mm -hmm. focus on those paintings. Now, to really make your time worthwhile, I recorded this. I'll replay it again, all right? Okay. <laughs> Dominic, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mr. Bouchard. And we'll finish off uh, the program, uh, catch up with some commercials that we didn't catch up with earlier.
The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats, and cheeses. And, of course, our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. Soup and salad bar now available, and Papa Savini's famous roasted chicken and noodle soup, also available by the 32-ounce jar to take home at Savini's Pomodoro. And we are accepting reservations for Mother's Day. Scott McGee from the Stearns McGee team is ready. Whether you're buying or selling a home or just curious about the local market conditions, Scott would love to offer his services to you. He knows the local community, both as an agent and a neighbor, and can help you guide through the nuances of the current real estate market. So let Scott work hard for you. Your real estate experience will be memorable and enjoyable. You can reach him directly at 4. 401-639-2906. All right, and uh, Scott uh, has uh, listings all over the greater Woonsocket uh, area. The latest one we've been uh, telling you about is in North Smithfield on Hanton Road at 685. You're looking at a beautiful custom design, four to five bedroom colonial nestled perfectly on an acre of land. If you'd like more information on this beautiful North Smithfield property, give Scott a call at 639-2906. And finally, um, we're going to tell you about um, Grumpy's here in in uh, Bellingham. Love to go to Grumpy's. Uh, I think we're going to mention three things about Grumpy's. Number one is that um, they they have a luncheon menu, $5.99. They're open for lunch today right at noontime. Number two, Monday through Thursday, they have the $10 dinner specials at night, starting at 4. And um, looking at a menu that I uh, picked up uh, a couple of weeks ago, one night, not tonight, one night featured baked stuffed shells, oven-baked uh, meatloaf dinner, lasagna homemade with garlic bread, shepherd's pie, all on the $10 dinner menu. The name of the place is Grumpy's. We're open on Saturday and Sunday. Our kitchen is open until midnight. And, of course, we have our great regular Grumpy's menu, including a great sizzling sirloin steak for uh, for $21.95. And it's a 12-ounce, and it's uh, very tasty. You'll enjoy the great food at Grumpy's in South Bellingham, right on Pulaski Boulevard. Hey, we're out of time for uh, this segment of the program. Tomorrow, Thursday, Christopher Boulay joins us on the program and we'll be talking about um, about Mr. Musk and Twitter. This has been WNRI's Upfront presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket. 9 o'clock in the morning news is next and then recipe for a good day.